Patricia for leading us today in music and for our praise team, Annette, everybody. Thank you, choir out there for singing today. I know you, I could hear you singing even behind your mask. Uh, I am not a musician. I'll just tell you that. I, I think I know what sounds right when it comes to music. I can't make it happen, though I attempted to play the trombone as a child. Um, you, I don't have a trombone, so any longer, so I won't try that. But the rest of my family is pretty good at it. And uh, I enjoy music, and music is a great way to illustrate, I think, a lot that we're going to talk about in our message today, and that is cooperation. And when that's going to help me with that this morning, and I want to illustrate the fact that there were, there were two ladies that were in a nursing facility, and they were both accomplished pianists. And they each had strokes, but they affected just opposite sides completely and they thought that they had lost the ability to produce this beautiful music because they were essentially cut in half musically but on opposite sides and let's let's imagine what it would be just to hear one side Let's now hear what it might be on the other side. And so I think they felt that we can't make this happen by ourselves, so they would be tempted just maybe just to give up. But the people at the facility said, let's get these ladies together and let's figure it out. And I think they can do so. So let's hear it all together. Each lady played her part and made it happen, made this beautiful music through cooperation. Thank you, Wynette. Thank you so much this morning. Appreciate it. And I think that's the way it is in the church, and we're going to look at our series, Vital Signs Today, Healthy Christians, Healthy Church. Uh, the message today is from Nehemiah 3, Building Through Cooperation. And when Christians work together in the church, we are able to do some great things. We're able to make this beautiful music of ministry together that we could not do on our own. Because God chooses to use us to do his will. And we are chosen by his grace. And we are chosen out of love. And we're called to love one another and serve together for his glory. And we have to do so together cooperatively. And I want to read the first ten verses. Excuse me. I think it's going to be the first few verses here of Nehemiah chapter 3 this morning. And then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers and priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hananel. And next to him, the, mayor, the men of Jericho built. Next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri, built. The sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, its bars, and next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired. 
And next to them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshabbat. <laughs> this is a wonderful thing. Um, I did this fine earlier today. Meshezebel repaired, and next to him, Zadok, the son of Banna, repaired. And next to them, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just stop there. This passage goes on, and it describes different people of different professions, male and female, taking these different parts of the entire wall of Jerusalem, gate by gate, and as neighbors in all their different professions they are part of, they all came together for this one task. And we have to remember that it's not just the task of reconstructing this wall. The reason Nehemiah went there with all these people and called them out and called them together was to restore the reputation and the name of the Lord as it has been now uh, been to this point. It's been a, a byword. Uh, the broken walls made people think that there's not much to your God because, look, there's no one here taking care of his holy city. But they're there to restore the name of Almighty God through the reconstruction of this wall. It's not about just putting up a protective perimeter. It is about building this wall together. As you look at a passage in 1 Peter 2.9, it tells the reason why we're here as Woodland Heights Baptist Church. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called out of darkness into God's marvelous light to tell about God, to tell about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. That's why we do what we do. And we have to plan the work and work the plan. And that is to share the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And his plan is to make salvation known. And he chooses to make salvation known through us. And we are a sense like Jerusalem in ruins when we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Our, our life has been racked by sin. We are destroyed. And we are constantly being rebuilt and remade each day through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is causing us to be sanctified and to be more like him each day. And he is constantly rebuilding from our ruins, and we are rebuilding together. We are a broken people, but we are people being healed, and we need to bring healing to our world. So Nehemiah is very symbolic with his people as they rebuild Jerusalem. Now, every church has a local plan that they are trying to execute, the way they are trying to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Nehemiah's local plan in Jerusalem, it is to rebuild the wall, which makes God known, God famous again in his holy city. Here at Woodland Heights Baptist Church, and maybe in other churches, we are thinking about really expanding our children's ministry, talking about children's minister once again. Uh, we are talking about selling property. We are talking about renovating this facility. We could be talking who knows about what in the days ahead. Other churches may say that, well, we're going to do this kind of mission project. We're going to do disaster relief. And they have their own expression of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But all these little tasks 
are not the be-all, end-all themselves. We do those things as a vehicle to present the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to our world. Does that make sense? Because sometimes we can get caught up in maybe putting together a mission trip and going and doing the activity, and we forget while we're, why we are truly there. And people will ask us on mission trips, why are you here? We're here because we love Jesus and we want to share the good news. Why would you be expanding your children's ministry? Well, we love children, but we want children to know Jesus and their entire family to know Christ as well. So why we do what we do, we have to really keep in mind it, it is about the Great Commission. And you remember the Great Commission is very basically says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It is, involves us going and telling and growing new believers of every sort throughout our world. And this is God's plan. God, in human form, when Jesus came, he wanted to redeem us from our ruined life by the cross and the open tomb. He wanted to transform us. He offers forgiveness, restoration, but he also expects growth and he expects us to go and multiply ourselves. And each of us have a lifetime of participating with him of restoring ourselves or building from our ruin. And we see some great things here in this passage of Nehemiah and working with the people in Jerusalem as they rebuild the wall. We see some cool things as we just overlook this. Now, Nehemiah takes just a, a second before he goes back to the other chapters when he talks about some of the challenges they had with rebuilding the wall, but he wants to give credit where credit is due to people here by listing all their names and where they're working. I think we need to incorporate some of these lessons into our own lives here at our church. And the first is to lead by example. Every one of us is a leader in the church in some way or another. If you're a parent, you lead a family, or you have grandchildren, you are a leader. In this congregation, you have a ministry, and you're expected to fulfill it in some way. Every believer has spiritual gifts, and we have to lead out in those, and we have to multiply ourselves. We looked at all the people that are going to work on this wall. You have priests. You have parents. You have children that are working alongside moms and dads and grandparents, sons and daughters, Levites, rulers, gatekeepers, soldiers, farmers, perfume makers somebody thinks well i don't know that someone with uh i don't know eve saint laurent chanel number five people out there working on the wall getting their hands dirty i got to see that some of you say but they're there working too they didn't think that they were so important they couldn't do that they were out there building on the wall you have community leaders people that were the mayors people that were regional i guess you would call them like regional judges and rulers coming to work people from the surrounding area all around jerusalem they were coming to do their part with their neighbors and the work was never given to nehemiah it wasn't that nehemiah just showed up and said here's my vision here's this and the people so that's great nehemiah you have our support and go to it. If you need anything, let us know. It's not the way it worked. They all said, this is something we want to do together. And sometimes, in, unfortunately, in some churches, a lot of people will hear the plan from the pastor and they go, you and the staff, pastor, you all have our support. Go to it. If you need anything, let us know. But the pastor 
and the people we're we are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry we we want you and need you and god expects by his word to use us together collaboratively to do ministry just like everyone did here around the walls of jerusalem the the ministry of the body of christ this work that we do is never to be given to the hired hand that's not the way it's supposed to be we are supposed to as leaders multiply other leaders you say well i've stepped up to a ministry and i've done it for so many years and you may have been protective of this ministry uh, you may have said i i really like this and i'm going to hang on to it but god expects you to multiply yourself if you're a teacher he expects you to raise up another teacher behind you that's part of multiplication in the church if you're a sunday school teacher and you have a class and you have capable people for us to continue to reach people and, and share the gospel we have to raise up other people that can share the gospel the good news the truths of god's word if you are in children's ministry and you know there are people that have a heart for children or gifted in that way and they are new believers then we owe it to them to bring them under our wing and to equip them and teach them and give them their own ministry as well we are an, an ever growing body and we have to lead by example by showing people the way otherwise if you look at a church that may be stagnant and burn out it's because many times people are not being raised up and god wants us to continually raise up new people we have to lead by example to show that this is a, a living growing congregation and we lead by example he had all kinds of people show up to work on the wall in jerusalem of every kind and every type and, and we are of every kind and every type in our church every profession every background male and female different ages but we're all called to grow as leaders and lead by example secondly we're to work shoulder to shoulder we're to work together in the church and we are very different i know and sometimes that breeds its own little tension but we're given a new heart in christ aren't we we are to love one another remember at one time you were pretty unlovable too you may be someone else's difficult person vice versa but in christ we are made new we are new creations and we work together we're neighbors we we should love one another we are a family of christ every time we look at nehemiah chapter 3 you see the references of after them next to him next to them after him and so on it's because people are shoulder to shoulder working on their piece of the wall now let's think about it in the church you have a children's ministry you have a youth ministry you have an adult bible study ministry you have a men's ministry we have a fellowship ministry those kinds of things evangelism ministry everyone does stuff side by side in the church there's never one ministry that is supreme above all others let's remember that let's know that that if your ministry if it's all about competition then that's not christ-like we all work next to beside alongside one another and we should support one another in each other's ministry and nehemiah took note though as he was giving credit to all the people as they did their piece of the wall he said there were certain people that did not step up to the plate 
and he mentioned that the nobles of the Tekoites did not show up. And unfortunately, in families, in businesses, and in churches, there are some people that do not step up to the plate. And that means that we are debilitated in some way when we don't step up and do our part. And we have to look at our lives and say, am I doing, am I answering the call, am I doing these things? Maybe the church needs to do some more equipping for people and encouraging people and putting the call out there to say, we need you, come, we invite you, we give you permission to do ministry. Now, I don't know what, what the problem was with the, with the Tekawites in Nehemiah chapter 3, but they said they were the nobles. They were people who had a lot of self-importance. It's not that they weren't given the resources to do ministry, the instructions. They just thought they were too good to do it. And we have to beware of that in the church. That, that means really open rebellion. When someone says, you know, I did my time. I think it's time for someone else to do it. Well, if you've not equipped a person, then no, it's not. If we think, well, I, I, I write big checks to the church, that gets me off the hook. Well, no, it really does not. We're all to work together. We should never take pride in our own personal position. We ought to humbly serve one another. Sound familiar from the word? We should serve together humbly. And that's the message that the Tekoites needed to hear and to respond to. And we are to work hard together. There are places in this passage where people had to take up a ministry that maybe a section of the wall that they couldn't exactly complete by themselves. They, they partnered with them to say, hey, let me help you with that. Let me come alongside you. Let's build this wall together. And sometimes in the church, when we issue a call that we need your help in a certain area, and it may be that you're not perfectly gifted there, but you can help in some way, and you step up and you fill the gap, and God will bless you. And God will say to your people you're helping that they matter. And every ministry matters in the church, and it should have our full support. You say, well, I'm not geared to children, but I can show up and do this at Vacation Bible School. I'm willing to do this. I can... I can I can't teach class, but I can bring food. Or I can pray. Or I can come and just uh, be a, a protective presence for our children during vacation Bible school. I can do security, those kinds of things. There's so much. A lot of times vacation Bible school is one of those all-hands-on-deck kinds of things that, that is a large ministry of the church because we are taking a great effort not only to reach kids with the gospel, but we are trying to reach their entire family and our community with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we should show up 100%, I believe, in, in events like that in our churches. Whether you're gifted in this way or not, there's a place probably for you to plug into something like VBS. That's just one, one single example. But don't ever think that you're too important to shoulder another ministry in the church just because you think you're important in some personal way third is, is you need to own your own ministry own your own ministry when god has called you to something the church has entrusted you with with that ministry then go for it 
let the staff equip you find people that you need but your ministry fits together with other ministries and needs cooperation but if you don't step up to your ministry and if you get competitive with other ministries you don't appreciate those other ministries the church will begin to die as we look at the lessons from nehemiah chapter 3 the people were building sections of the wall and they're building sections of wall near their homes and there were another neighborhood of people building a section of the wall and it would be side by side eventually you had the whole city covered and we are neighbors here in the church. We, we are a church full of neighbors. And we are called to reach our neighborhood of Bedford. This is where we are. But we are called to then take our particular ministry and own it completely. The scriptures talk about that, that we are to go and spread the good news to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. This is our Jerusalem. And in our local congregation, this Jerusalem we each have a ministry, and we are called to step up to it and own our own ministry. If after this message you say, you know, I really never have stepped up to a ministry in the church. I don't know. I don't know my gifts. Let us know. The staff, we want to help you find that out. Or if you feel that you've lost that fire and want to see it rejuvenated again, we want to help you own that ministry once more. You're a member of this church. Think about it. You at one point said yes to joining this congregation, this family. It's because God has strategically placed you here. God strategically placed us here. We felt the calling to come to minister alongside you, and here we are. Just like when you joined this church, you are here to serve. And all the workers in Jerusalem, in Nehemiah chapter 3, they were all strategically placed there where they were assigned by Nehemiah to do their work, and they really just worked in their chunk of the neighborhood where they were, and they fulfilled the task, and they willingly served, and they worked. Again, there were some people that didn't. They didn't step up because of pride. And sometimes people in church don't step up because maybe they haven't been encouraged to do so, don't feel confident. We should prayerfully help people along the way and invite them into ministry. Sometimes we could be the very obstacle that keeps people out of ministry. If we are outspoken and strong in ministry and we've maybe been in a ministry for a long time in leadership and we haven't equipped someone who has the potential to come alongside us, then we have not grown that disciple. We have not equipped them for ministry. And sometimes we can stand in the way of our church multiplying and getting healthier and growing. And plus you just don't need to burn out there's some folks that they like doing ministry they say this is my ministry i've done it forever and ever and they start to get an attitude about their ministry they get a bit bitter about doing it well if i don't do it no one else will do it and they start burning the candle at both ends and the ministry gets stale and stagnant and sometimes we have to step out of the way in fact, sometimes we need to invite people to come and be a part of ministry and give them a chance to fall flat on their face. Anyone ever taught you that way? They, they, they begin to give, a, uh, give you a chance to work, work hard, and then you fall down. 
And they say, that's great. You, you get up and let's try again. Let's do some more. Let's try this. Churches need to give people a chance to, to flounder before they fly sometimes. This needs to be a safe place to cut your teeth on ministry. If not, where else is it going to happen? God wants us to find our ministry, and it takes people taking a chance on other folks. And we need to be able to do that here at Woodland Heights Baptist Church. I believe that. We can't selfishly possess our ministry so much so that we don't let new people in to help us with it. If new people are coming in and are interested in your ministry, that means God is growing the church. And all the people in this project of Nehemiah, there are all kinds of people from all walks of life, every age, every profession, that they were making ministry happen together. And I encourage you to read this entire chapter, chapter 3. There are so many names that I would fumble over and we'd get nowhere. I bet you will too, and that's okay. But notice where they were. Notice what they do and how they did it together. And as we continue through this chapter, this, this book of Nehemiah, We'll see how God put this entire project together for his glory. But at the same time, we can step back and look at our church and say, am I doing my part? Am I, have I stepped up? Have I equipped somebody? Am I working cooperatively up with other people in our congregation? Seeing what God's doing here, what God wants to do at Woodland Heights Baptist Church for his glory and for his kingdom's sake. Remember, our lives have been rebuilt from a ruined state and are being rebuilt individually and corporately in God's image day by day as we cooperate together. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word today. And we just love the example how so many people have come together under Nehemiah's leadership to see your reputation restored. And Lord, you want to do something great at our church, and you're already doing great things in a very difficult time. And I ask, Lord, that we would step up and do those things. And we would commit to the work shoulder to shoulder, all together for your glory and for your kingdom's sake. I would ask you as your heads are bowed and eyes closed, that that purpose of what we are doing is to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that salvation has come from our sin through what Jesus did on the cross for us. And while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed today, I just know that maybe today there's someone here that has not given their life to Christ. And I would ask that, that, that you catch me. I, I'd hang out after the service, and we can talk more about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I ask people that have given their lives to Jesus today already and have joined this church, I would ask you where you are right now, just while your heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you a question that I'd like you to respond to. No one's going to see you or see your hand. Is that will you commit? If you you may already be committed to this, but will you commit or continue to commit and step up and work shoulder to shoulder with your fellow church member for God's glory? If that's you, would you raise your hand today? Are you going to commit to work shoulder to shoulder day to day? I have hands up all over the place. That's the way it should be. Thank you so much. Thank you for that recommitment to do so. 
as a congregation. I believe God's going to do some fantastic things with our church. I'm excited to be a part of it. And I know that even though all the things in our world that are going on now are causing us to worry, to fret, we have the hope of the gospel. And we have ministries where we can go and share Jesus and we can do so together. And we are the ones who can bring hope to the world. So, Father, I thank you for the blessing of your word today. I ask that you continue to guide us and lead us in the days ahead, Lord, for the fantastic things you have for us here at Woodland Heights. Help us to value one another, to raise up leaders, and to cooperate in doing ministry for you and for your kingdom's sake, for the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.